Bad at Parties is sponsored by Abbey Art Seattle and the Ballard Homestead, music, arts, and community events for people of all ages and incomes. With reoccurring events including the Moth Story Slam, Cathedrals, and The Round, there's always an event when you're in Seattle. Check out Abbey Art's online calendar for intimate performances by many of the artists featured on Bad at Parties. Learn more about this nonprofit organization and how you can attend, volunteer, and host events at fremontabbey.org. Hey gang, this is Andy Zook, and you're listening to Bad at Parties, one-on-one conversations with artists at the corner of the party. Every week for the last half a year, I've been recording conversations with artists that I want to talk to, especially focusing on those who I would normally only have a short or no conversation with. In opposition to that, here is someone that I talk to more than most other humans, Aaron Davidson. Aaron is the drummer in the band Bears and Other Carnivores, of which I am also a member. We have gone to school together, played music together, worked together, and we talk. A lot. Even so, this medium left a space for a different conversation that we might have on a day-to-day life. He's also the musician who wrote the intro for this podcast that you're listening to right now. So if you want to listen to more music like that, check out his solo work under the title Diet 75, which is linked in this podcast. And I cannot say enough about how much I love this person. So listen up. Also check out Aaron, myself, along with our other band member, Brian, via Bears and Other Carnivores on Spotify, Facebook, Bandcamp, or just see us live on Tuesday, January 3rd in Seattle at the Sunset with bands Cargo and Vertex. It's going to be awesome. Okay, you know how to review and subscribe to podcasts, so I won't go into that, but do it and never miss an episode of Bad at Parties. Here we go. Aaron. Yeah. Hey, Katie! Katie! Oh, no, we started 10 minutes ago. Yeah. That started, it was being recorded out there in the bouncy room. All the echo. We just get the reverberation, the extra bits. That sound of zippers. That's what you want on podcasts. That's what you want. That's how you start. Yeah. That's, I originally was in that track with zip, 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 because you've been on the podcast like every single time as a result of that track. The first guest on every podcast. <laughs> first guest on every podcast. Aaron Davidson. Yeah, oh, dude, heat is, up your hands. Yeah, this is nice. I'm just going to scoot it closer. Yeah, it's going to make a horrible noise. It's going to make a horrible noise. Ooh, nice job. There it is. Get that on the recording. I just did. Okay, good. Yeah. <sighs> What's funny is that some of the people who you do this with, yeah. you like barely met or never met yeah. or like hardly met or like... It's so good to see you. Like, I see you every day. Yeah. Sometimes twice a day. Yeah. We talk this much more than anyone else I talk with. Yeah, I would say the same thing. Yeah, easily. It's just crazy. But, like, I don't know. I thought I wanted to talk to you about this stuff because you just put out the Diet 75 stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't even really call it, like, put it out. Like, you put it on SoundCloud. I did. I did. It's, it's something. I did. It is a lot further. I'm going to sh- put this on shut up mode. Cool. Um, it's, it's, it certainly is something. Um, different than what it was in the past. I've always kind of like would rather put my energy that was my thought too with yeah. this thing. That's what it's for. That's what it's for. Put I've always bags in that bowl. <laughs> I've always put my energy towards like other things so that like when the time is right and I'm air quoting mm-hmm. um that I would have like uh, I don't know, a backlog or something. Mm-hmm. And after like listening to CLN and Chet Porter and like some of these guys who I 
like really respect mm -hmm. um, and listening to the way they release is they like they push hard like on something and then they're like cool and then they release it's like releasable and I, I think also on top of that like a wonder who created yeah. an album after like one track every month yeah. for over a year yeah and they just put it out and then they're like okay here's all 14 of those tracks plus one extra one yeah and I think that that's like... And we're famous. Now. Yeah, and we're super famous. They're so famous. They like, started with like, nothing. No. And then after that year of releasing tracks, it just started like... It's so smart. I feel like that's <laughs> the way that like the music industry is headed is less about like do a big release, release a big album, and then tour it and make a bunch of money. It's more like... Actually, it's kind of more like Instagram. Can you be consistent? Mm -hmm. Can it be like... like like something that you can digest. Like mm -hmm. when Pete, when I feel like when Bonnie Bear released like those first two tracks off of the last album, mm -hmm. like he put those out, he put the next one out, and then the album got as much excitement about it as the individual tracks. Yeah. Because people are like, oh yeah, we just are excited that something came out. Mm -hmm. Whether it's something that you worked on and there's one bit, or it's something that we worked on, and there's like an hour's worth. Like it's kind of the same to people. The thing that always like puts me at uh, it kind of in a, in a shock about how it didn't like change the face of music was Radiohead's release of mm -hmm. Rainbows in 07. Yeah. They were like, hey, sorry, we've been silent for, I don't remember how long, like mm -hmm. a long time. He's like, sorry, we've been silent. We're releasing our album next week or something like that. It was like in two weeks. Releasing it, it'll be pay what you want. It's called In Rainbows. And everyone's like, okay. You're doing everything wrong. You're doing everything wrong. Right. That's still my favorite album by them. Yeah, totally agree. I, I think that it's kind of one of those things where it was just like, they did that and now nobody else can do that. Mm -hmm. Like, people have tried to do that. Um, you too. Mm -hmm. Put an album out. Just put it on everyone's phones. Like, you don't even have to pay for it. my God. Just, but people were so pissed. People were so mad. Get this shit off my <laughs> iPod. <Right. laughs> like, everyone's like, okay. Like, I mean, I just didn't, I was like, oh, why do I have you too in my library? Mm -hmm. It's, it's always been there. It's that little icon of Bono, like, singing. Yeah, and, like, that feels like a different thing, too, because they did that, and they were like, you all have our music now, instead of, like, if you'd like my music, you can have it. Yeah. Which is kind of like, like, that's the difference of someone who's playing their music on the side of the street with CDs there, or, like, the guy who's like, please, listen to my mixtape, and totally. like, puts it in your bag. No, and that's totally that's $10. it. It's, it's invasive. If people are like, oh, you have access to this? And it's like, of course they fucking have access to that. Are you kidding me? How how deep is your head buried in the sand that you fucking think that they don't have access to right. everything to on your phone? Everything on your phone, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, so my, my, my only thing about, like, releasing music, especially, like, with my own was like I'm never gonna get good at this until I find out what's wrong with it sure because I I like with GSS1 like I was like all right I'm, I'm done with this right now like I don't want to put anything else in it but I think it can be better I'm just bad at like at mixing and at using logic at all I feel like I'm good at filling in the holes musically mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I'm not good at honing the sound like whether that was you know, like, watching Aaron work on our album mm -hmm. and knowing how to do things, I was, like, watching his fingers, and I was, like, he's moving so fast. He has, like, a lot of key strip. Like, he, he knows the key commands. That, like, I don't know really sure. any well, of that. Well, and so much of that, I feel like, is just similar to, like, just put it out there, is, like, you're going to be around the people who are doing this or yeah. you're going to have feedback. Just, like, getting exposure and just being, like, there, I put it out. And the first thing you did was you texted me and the rest of the band and we're, like, hey, let me know what you think. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you think you, we, I should do differently. Yeah. 
and like all of us gave little comments. Yeah, you guys gave comments. I also asked like the people who have similar like taste in music. Sure. Like probably along my tastes uh, line is like uh, Chris and Natalie are both like mm-hmm. really right along my. Um, and Crawford has always been... Uh, Which is funny, because Natalie's music for Joseph is super different. So different. But what she's listening to mm-hmm. is very similar to what you're making. She, yeah, and she and <clears throat> she actually has probably been the most vocal out of anyone about mm. my music. Cool. Like, to, to, just to me. Like, not to anyone else, but, like, she's been the most, like, consistent pusher of, like, when are you going to release anything for mm. me? Um, mm-hmm. Like, to listen to beyond, you know... Uh, what I have um, her and, and actually and uh, that's why I'm excited for our new album because Josh has okay. also been really ver- verbal about he's like I need to listen to your drumming but I just I can't keep listening to Kingdom in the Gospel yes I can't listen to stuff that you put out with your Christian university <laughs> no idea um, but but beyond that like Chris has the most um, like taste he knows like where I'm trying to fall he, he's like he likes that CLN thing or he listens to the CLN stuff with me that I feel is like so um, is it the scrunch face? Like, I really want it to, yeah. like, I want it's, it to it's be It's getting dirty. real fizz. I want it to be yeah. fizz. I want it yeah. to be dirty. And, and he, he knows, like, where I'm aiming, so that's kind of cool to hear his impact. And, of course, um, from for me, like, a really high goal is seeing if Julie will like it. Sure. Like, actually like it. Right. Not just like that I'm doing it. Right. I think that that's the, that's the interesting thing is, like, and I think we're working on this a lot right now with the music we're making, is, like, how do we not only, like, create the music and be like, there... It sounds like it's supposed to, but to get to the point where it's like, no, I would choose to lose, listen to this. Or, mm-hmm. or do the people that we think would choose to listen to it actually will? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that there's so many people I see putting out music and they're like, there, I got it out. And it's like, yeah, you did it. You did the job. Yeah. But like, did you do something that you actually want to listen to right now? I was, I, I was proud to put Old Lost Feelings on, the, on like my, my seasonal playlist. I was like, yeah, no, I, I want to be listening to this yeah, during this period I like what I created. Yeah. yeah, I think that that's such a new concept to me, is to get to a place where I'm like, I want to listen to what I created. Yeah, I'll say, I'll say that, um, you know, regardless of the ups and downs and the long journey that got us to where we're at now, like when Matt and I made music, I was, I, I was always in, like enjoying listening to it, whether it was out of order. Totally. I liked most of out of order. And I liked all of Northbound. Yeah. And I was like, this is like music I enjoy. And that, I think, finding that right now with Diet 75 is uh, a difficult thing because I feel like I hit a wall. I will say, Matt has always really been good at finding the technology. Totally. Getting his hands around getting his hands really into it. Mm-hmm. And he, he was able to um, craft sound, even whether it was his own ideas that he drew, drew like that he like kind of put up against like logic and figured out how to do it or even something I was like can you make it do this thing and like yeah. we would try it and he would like if he didn't know he would find out how to do it really quick he was so fast at that mm-hmm. um, and I I'm a lot slower at that um, which makes me um, wish I had taken some more time to learn um, logic uh, when I had more free time before sure. Nora. When you didn't have a child. Yeah, exactly. And a mortgage and a wife mm-hmm. and the job to make all of those things a living, <laughs> breathing possibility. possibility. Yeah. yeah, totally. But, and I do way better with lots of things. I, I 100%. Yeah, I, I do better when it's this to that to this to that to this. Whew, I'm exhausted when I lie in bed. Because if I'm bored, then I don't fall asleep, and then I wake up tired. Yeah, and then you're shitty at the things that you're trying to do because you're only doing a couple of them. Yeah, I yeah. like expending myself as much as I can. I totally agree. Um, I was thinking about, like, oh, am I going to... I had somebody ask me, like, are you going to 
stop doing the podcast at the end of the year. And I was like, that would be like a natural way to end it. And I was like, no, I love doing it. And even when I don't love doing it, I love that I have to do it. That you are doing it. Right. That it's, that it's a part of what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. My, my, my only uh, hope is that as I learn more, I mean, even Aaron McConkie's like notes for me were, he was very specific with his notes. He was like, it's really middle like, it's, like, all in the mid-range. Like, you need to, like, like EQ it. He's like, is this EQ'd at all? And I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, like, I was like, I mean, I listen to it, and I can I can hear the changes, yeah. but I don't know what is good. Like, right. I, I honestly don't have the ear for it. And I think that that's why it's such an exciting time to, like, talk about this stage mm. of it, because you've been playing keys for a long time. You've been creating music. You've been, like, understanding music theory for, for so long, and you can sit down at a piano and create something absolutely fantastic, and you can spend a couple of days working on something and be like, I have all of this composition planned out in my mind. I know what's going to sound good together. But then, because you're saying, and now I'm going to put it in this specific medium, it's literally taking an art type and putting it inside of another art type. And I think that that's mm-hmm. what's so crazy about like um, about music is like you don't see artists who are who are doing painting say, "Great, I did this entire painting, and now to put it on the wall, I have to recreate it into something else." <laughs> right. It's, it's a different kind it's, of it's completely different beast. And that's why I think so many artists need to understand, like who musicians need to understand, like, mm-hmm. okay, like creating music, learning to comp to compose is great, but you literally like and I'm putting this on myself, like we ne- literally have to learn how to engage with the software mm-hmm. because that is a huge piece yeah. of what creating your art is. These days now, like yeah, there is an expectation. That's why when I was trying to write when I was trying to put together, like, I still have the nine tracks for my just piano stuff. And I, I know. Had, the, like, it was all um, nursery, or not, it was all lullabies. Mm-hmm. Dude, yeah. that, that was, I just love that stuff. Yeah, so I, I really love it, too. And the thing, what was hard was, I recorded it, I was like, all right, I'm going to record it on real pianos. And mm-hmm. I I borrowed Ryan's mic, and it wasn't any, like, special mic, but that was fine, I didn't need it to be. And it's so funny to me. I tried so hard to do anything that I would make one tiny mistake. And I'm like, ah, and I was like, you know, it's ruined. Yep. And then I finally, like I did like three or four tracks and I knocked them, you know, I did it perfect. I had it the right tempo and the mm-hmm. flow I wanted. I didn't hit any wrong notes. Um, and then I would listen back on it and the way that it's captured is poorly because it's, it's my stand-up piano in my living room. You can hear the crackles of my like bench moving back yeah. and forward. And that is an out-of-tune piano. <laughs> Not necessarily even just with itself but with right. like actual like the the tone is was like a 20 mm-hmm. a 20 or it was like 0.2 right. underneath every tone and so I actually spent the money this year I got it tuned mm-hmm. by a professional yeah he also like got all my keys lined up so that there's no like air in between right. so you're totally. not hearing like the clicking and I like recorded a little bit even just on my phone and it sounds better yeah but what's cool is that I I was I wanted nine tracks instead of eight, and I didn't have anything else. So what I did was Julie was cooking, mm. and Luna uh, Luna was just like walking around. You can hear like Luna walking around. You can hear Julie mm-hmm. cooking, um, and the windows are open, and I just like kind of made up something, mm-hmm. and it's a six minute track, and. It's nice. It's like really wonderful because you're hearing everything else that's going on in not like a fake way. Mm. Like it's not recording it and then laying it on top. Yeah. And it's just life at the ten. Like it feels like it's just like that's what life at the ten forty nine is like. I mm-hmm. I like to sit down and I'll play a piano for 
five minutes just to get back into home mode from work, yeah. or whatever it is. And that was my that's my favorite track out of like all of them totally. because it's like lightly done, and that takes technology out of it. It takes logic, the the software out of mm-hmm. it. Um, and I I can't do that with what with what Diet Seventy Five is meant to be. It's mm-hmm. meant to be something different. No, it's it's totally meant to be something different. And I think that that is is part of that understanding, like. Um, by knowing the software, by knowing, like, okay, I needed to get this tune, by by just experimenting with that stuff, like, you're growing into those places where you can say, great, that worked for that, but it won't work for this. I have to do something different. And I think, like, I'm so glad that you're just putting that stuff out there. Me too. Yeah. Are you going to put the lullabies out? I don't know. Um, You should say yes. So so what I should should say is I I will. Um, I have... I've got... I would say the three tracks that I like, which are um, Rooney's Mirrors, DeVita, and Life of the 1049 are really good. Hmm. And I want them to, I want them, like, they're, like, they're good. Like, I would be fine with them. I guess that's three tracks that I could just, like, all right, well, I'll make it sound nice Mm -hmm. if I can. Or, like, try to figure out someone who's good at this to help me make those three tracks sound nice. I, like, really don't want to touch Life of 49 at all. Mm -mm. Um, But, um... The other ones, I honestly, I'm like, yeah, these are these yeah. are these are cool, and they don't need anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think for me, it's like, well, I could go downstairs and write something that pumps me up the way that GSS one does mm-hmm. to me, or I could sit at the piano and like center myself. And but the hard thing is when I'm recording, me centering myself, it's weird. Hmm. Um, it's almost like. All the good recordings of those songs are on my voice memos. Yeah, and I, I think the that, first time. I think that makes sense because it's an emotional experience. You know, it's something you're experiencing internally. You're not sitting down and trying mm-hmm. to create it, and they're thinking about like, okay, how is this going to sound for somebody else? You're literally saying, how is this for me? And you're reacting to what your body needs in those moments. I think those types of improvisation like can't. I don't know. I don't know that they can be replicated in any like okay, formalized recording session. Like, yeah. unless that is such a holy place that you're so used to it that you're just like, I feel safe. I feel completely safe in a recording setting. Man, it's so funny. All my, I would say, good tracks were written a long time ago and then were repurposed for something and they're like, this is perfect for that. Like, I can think of five examples like off the top of my head from, from even from Fill Me In, which mm-hmm. I wrote two years before I wrote l- lyrics to it. I wrote the piano part to yeah. it when I was working in Hume Lake. Um, or uh, Davida, which is the I I named it after the tattoo on your wife because yeah. that's the um, the track that I would play when she was doing poetry mm-hmm. when we were on tour. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wrote that when I was living in LA, mm-hmm. and then it was on, and then it was like, oh, I could just play this, and it became like it became this song that happened during her I poetry. C- I can't remove it from I can't remove her words now from mm-hmm. it. Like it's to me, she she could put because she was I, she was doing stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that poem. Yeah. yeah, and and I I would I would pace with her as I would play, and and I didn't always do it exactly the same, but I would always get to the same moment. And now I can't think, I can't play that track without thinking mm-hmm. of her pacing and her rhythm there, mm-hmm. um, or the pa- podcast thing. Yeah, at the beginning of the podcast, uh, the, uh, yeah. rainy in Fiji, mm-hmm. rainy yeah. in Fiji. Yeah, which um, there's that, and, and like even. Like the, just the weirdest, the weirdest things are are, are that I, I write it and it's very supposed. To, it's like feels like really focused on the moment right now, but then it 
doesn't really like bloom into something that's usable for 18 months, which I'm not bothered by it. Sure. But I find that really interesting. That seems there's a rhythm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think that makes sense. And I, I like that because it feels like this, okay, I have created something. I don't have to just, I don't have to force it into something. It's like, I've created something. I'm going to find out what it's right for. And then it will, it will be used for that. Um, at the same time, I think that in kind of to challenge some of the stuff you'd talked about before, I think that you have talked about like, oh, I've got these, um, these lullabies and I don't know if I'll put them out. Maybe I have to. And I think that like that idea of I have to wait for the right thing to connect them to is an easy cycle to fall into because then it, it depends on kind of this destiny or like it de- depends on the other to come in and say, here's how I can use this better than you could have used it. Mm. And I think that there's, that's true sometimes, but at mm. the same time, like, you know, you have good uses for this stuff and like what you've created is inherently good. And I think that there's, I don't think that there's anything wrong with saying this is what it is. I'm proud of it. Uh, and it, and it doesn't need something else to be fantastic. Mm. Yeah. All, <laughs> it's funny. I mean, I've, I've heard it from, you know, just my friends like you or Julie who've, or, or Natalie who've like heard me playing this music for 10 years. Like the, a lot of the lullabies, like mm-hmm. the first one was my senior year of college. So, oh, eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not like, like some of them are a little bit dark. Mm-hmm. Like they're tonally, um, or sonically, like in a middle of, like the road, like the very first one, it, which start, like is like a G in, in my with my left hand, I'm playing a G, and then the next two notes are the D and the E, so mm-hmm. it kind of creates this kind of weird G six chord mm-hmm. that is playing constantly as like a one two three one two three, and it it kind of like sounds like a like a fucked up lullaby that you would hear during Bioshock or like yeah. something that's like supposed to be like, the kids aren't here anymore. Right. Or Which like, is probably something you were playing around that time, so it may have influenced a little bit. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Oh, wait, it was probably going to be pretty close. Yeah. Um, but my... Do you need some more hot water? Yeah, tap me in. I'm yeah, man. Double down. Let me hook you up. I'll just burn you a little bit there as I do that. Sorry. <laughs> Wicked burn, bro. Wicked burn. It... Literal burn. <laughs> <laughs> Literal burn. Uh, but I'm not... I'm not um, necessarily sold on keeping it for a while. It, part of me, especially as I have grown in my job with Trackstar and when I was doing stuff with Ryan too, was that like, just to finish it and send it and be done instead of like tinker with mm-hmm. it for a while is a better call um, for me in the way that I mm-hmm. pr- the way that I produce or Mentally, um, like how how my how I, I I visualize it mentally. Like, okay, it's done. It's in mm-hmm. a, like a it's like in a now I put it in a mailbox. Like it's yeah, gone. It's gone. And I can get it back, but like I need it first to be gone. Yeah. And let what happens happen. Mm-hmm. How what people think of it, or you know. If it's, it's terrible, it's like whatever. taking the handwritten thing and typing it up. Mm-hmm. There, now it's in that format, and mm-hmm. I've sent it off somewhere, yeah. or at least it's it's in this 
formalized document. I've sent my my self appraisal to my manager. Stop! No. And if no. I want, I can re-request it. Jesus. Uh, and they couldn't send it back, but they could override it. I really like talking about work on the podcast. Any of your listeners <laughs> need performance appraisal software? Jesus Christ! <laughs> you know, there's always opportunities around the corner. I cannot handle you right now. Uh, no, and I, I'm going to ignore the, all of those things that you just joked about and talk about what you actually said. Yeah. You, um, no, and I think, like, recognizing that not every, like, all of your music is not one thing. Recognizing the little lullabies and Diet 7-5. That's a completely different well, thing. And, and Bears, which, like, And Bears and other carnivores. I would say a, Bears has, like, right now it has more of my energy yeah. mentally and creatively mm-hmm. than Diet 75 or Lullabies ever. Have. Fucking better. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I pay you for. Yeah, I don't give you... I don't pay you. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean... I mean, it like... It honestly has that... I, I, I'm grateful for Donald Glover and I'm grateful for mm, his last album. Yeah. Because I listened to him sing Redbone and I'm like... <laughs> this is just a giant middle finger to Complex magazine. <laughs> or like the whole like... Or or world star or yeah. whatever. Who he was like? I'm glad you like my album. Yeah. Also, I'm, I'm not, not a rapper. rapper. I'm not a rapper. Just <laughs> I'm just I I rap. I rap. I'm not an actor. I like to act. Yeah. I, I'm not like a producer, but I produce. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said he's like I can do things because I want to do them, and and I'm not good at the thing. The things that I do, I would say that there's a slight chance that I might be either a better. I'm probably better at one thing than Donald Glover and maybe a second thing. Like, if he doesn't play drums, then maybe I could. Yeah. But I'm probably better at him than, uh, better than him at Dota. Because I don't think he plays Dota. I don't think he plays Dota. Yeah. He, I, we could probably kick his ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For sure. But, like, that's kind of it. But, but so I'm not saying that that level, but I like that philosophy because I don't want to be a drummer or... Um, a no, look at the way EDM you just producer. talked about living your life. I want to be busy with things yeah. all the time. Yeah. yeah, and I think that you've always been somebody who's not like compartmentalized in that you're like, now I'm doing this and I'm this person and then I shift over to this other thing and now I'm this person. Like you're not somebody who like um, is taking on, is putting on and taking off masks. I think you're just like, this is all part of it. This is kind of this renaissance version of myself and it's it's everything like I don't get to stop being this person and then become someone else um like and I think that maybe that's partially because like I don't know you're a mature version person I see that in your relationships with your family I see that in the way that you treat the people that you interact with but I think that there's a lot of consistency in like your connection to your friends and the connection to people and I think because of that um, that plays itself out in your art. And so it's going to be like, great, I am all of these different things simultaneously. None of them define me, and I am defining all of them. Mm. You know? Mm. I've definitely never thought about it that way. Um, I, I honestly, I would say strongly, strongly uh, kind of have followed as best I can um, my old boss, Craig, mm. in a big way. Just because he was smart, Um and a good leader. He was watching my back a lot mm-hmm. and uh, cared a lot for my um, vocational well-being. He sure. cared a lot about like my career and like helping me uh, like obtain uh, knowledge and um, <clears throat> kind of insight and and experience. Uh, um, but also, 
kind of being real about it with me and like mm. not hiding me from any of the realities of what sometimes business quote unquote sure. um, can drum up um, and and uh, he was an Olympic coach mm. and owns part of a salon and has a bunch of cars and flies planes and uh, ra- you know races with Gabe Newell and like just crazy. But all the while being a very intelligent, powerful, smart person. But he it didn't like make him like unattainable for no. me. He was watching my back. I mean, I met up with, with you guys. Life. Like yeah. I remember the first time like I hung out with you guys and we went and grabbed a drink somewhere and mm-hmm. I didn't know who he was and I was just talking to him mm-hmm. and then you were like, "Hey, that guy's does crazy shit. He yeah. does. I'm. I'm just gonna say he does crazy shit. And yeah. like, yeah, I've heard the story since then. I'm like, oh yeah, but like, he's not a person who's become a dick. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. He and I. He. I. I am very grateful for that. That friendship because he got a, kind of like a fresh. Like he didn't really have any contacts for me, mm. um, and is not someone who listens to anyone of uh, anyone's opinions about. Like somebody else, like sure. he, it's kind of like I'm going own. to experience this, and then I'll tell you what I think of it. Yeah, and he forms sure. his own opinions, and he sure. forms it about me, and he's like, okay, I like him as a friend. And now I do. T- I'm really grateful for him. Um, he's persistent uh, with with me mm-hmm. in make, in challenging me and making me retire with my with my job. Um, and as a, as the best manager I I have ever had, a, mm-hmm. you know, um, <laughs> with Dragstar, I haven't had a manager. Charlie's the first for us. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's been such a a guiding um, light vocationally that I think part of that kind of blends over. He's very multifaceted, um, and I, I guess maybe it's just like the ADD in me, mm-hmm. like that likes that I maybe I grew up, you know focusing on this and then jumping to that and then doing this and then mm-hmm. always moving back. Maybe that's just kind of uh, who I, like, I I am. Yeah. And I mean, you've told me that story before about how like school district telling your mom, Trey, being like, he needs to it go on. Been like, doctors actually. Oh, like, doctors. When I got like, a t- they're like, oh yeah, no, he was tested positive. And yeah. she's like, ah, oh, no, I don't think he's broken. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, thanks mom. You yeah. saved my life. <laughs> thanks for not like, just like putting me on. Well, mm-hmm. uppers for this time of day and downers for that time of day. Instead, just being like, well, be up and down. Mm-hmm. Learn to to work with it. And obviously, that doesn't work for everyone. Some no. people do need that support, and it can be helpful for them. And but, I probably would have a different life. Yeah. And that's not, a, not even necessarily a problem. Because no. I probably would have been like, oh, well, my mind was always doing that. Because I certainly have problems focusing. But mm-hmm. when I'm doing a lot of things, I actually don't have problems focusing on the things that no. I'm actually doing. I mean, and that's how cool. you've learned to cope and live in, in this world and create a universe that works with you and is interactable with you. Do you feel like that, like, I mean, do you think that that is, changes the way that you make music and make art in that? Do you think if you had been somebody who was more medicated and then as a result kind of on a more typical plane of of cognitive, like, experience, do you think that you would be making music, being a a music major in school? Do you think that that would have gone that way? Well, music was a fluke. Yeah, like mu- being a music major, complete fluke. wasn't the goal, wasn't mm. the expectation. They just the classes I wanted to take were full. I don't. I never knew that. Yeah, like I, I was. I wanted to make sure. Like, growing up, my my dad and my stepdad both were very. Um, you gotta go to college. And sure. When I told my dad that I wa- that I was like I wanted to go to this specific college, he was like, whatever you need, just. 
go. Just, just any just college. Go to it. It's a small private Christian university. Uh, stop talking. Just go. <laughs> just go. And he was my dad was like, and he was very excited that we got to go. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go here. And it's very funny. Uh, that, I think that's probably one of the very first times where I said, I'm going to do this. And then I was like, no, I'm not going to open up any other doors. This is the one thing I'm going to do. Sure. I only applied to SPU, mm-hmm. and I did not have the grades to get in. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a decent test score, and sure. that alone, I guess, was enough to say, sure, we need more boys. So nice. they, they, um, uh, th- that was my one shot, and it worked. And my, what was I saying about college? Oh, yeah. So with them being so, like, just just go, just get to a college, please. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, I was like, all right, to make them proud, I should do something with this college degree. <laughs> so what's good right now? Like, what would be a good degree? Well, I think computers are important, right. and I'm good with them right now. Sure. I'm already the IT guy for my family. Sure. I'll do computer science. Sure. But maybe as a minor, then I'll, I'll just do business instead. And I got to, we went to San Jose to sign up for... Um, my classes, mm-hmm. and so I went in, and I met J.J. Kissinger, I think is his name, mm-hmm. what was his name? Yeah. Um, so, went in, met him, he's like, oh, yeah, blah. I was like, oh, you're really cool, and he's like, oh, great, so what are you thinking? I was like, this or that, and so he goes, okay, so right now, those classes are both full, both a computer class for your minor, um, he's like, are you really set on doing those things as your, you know, as your life, and, and I was like, uh, I mean, no, I'm I, I'm not sure what I yeah. want to do. I yeah. want to be an actor, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, uh, all right, well, what else do you do? And I was like, well, I, I play drums. Like, I like music. And, and as a guy, I was like, I sing. And he goes, oh, well, you know, we have a really uh, awesome music program. We've, like, got new teachers who are coming in for a new thing. And he goes, and I'm going to be honest, like, if you wanted to do it at all, try it freshman year because that's when people try it. And sure. the reason why you try it freshman year, not sophomore, is because it's 8 a.m., Monday, Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday, mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday, and that you just don't do that. You don't do in that. College. No, you don't do that in college at all. No, like that's you should not have done that. No, it was but, a uh, stupid choice. And I was like, eight o'clock. I have to get to school at seven right now. That's yeah. awesome. So it wasn't like even not that hard of a transition. Sure. Until I got super sick, because I stayed up till four o'clock playing right. video games every night. Yeah. But like we all did. We all did. We all but did. like eight a.m. was like that was like the one. Re- I was like, all right, well, I'll just give it a try. And sure. then of course, Carlene Brown, yeah. basically adopted me, yeah. and was like, that was her first year, right? That was her first year. Yeah. And she was just like, she was... You're mine. She was like, she was like you're going to whip you into shape and you're going to do this right. Dude, thank God for that woman. Oh, she is honestly the reason why I, I... I mean, I've stayed in music class for her. I got my scholarships because I stayed in music class. Mm-hmm. And she... Despite the fact that she's also the person looking at you and saying, why are you doing this? Yeah. No, you're encouraging me and then you do that. <laughs> yeah. It's really confusing. Like, uh, that's a good... That's a great mentor. You know, and one thing I never did... <laughs> most weeks is ditch <laughs> class uh, to go talk to her while other professors were teaching classes. Sure. Um, I never did it. No. Um, but if I had, we would have had really good conversations during that time because she really cared about my well-being and why I didn't think those classes were important totally. and then pushed me back into those classes. Like, she wasn't... It wasn't about following the rules and it wasn't about doing the required work. It was about learning the skills to behave as an adult and she took it to that level it doesn't matter which classroom you're in it Mm. it doesn't matter like what uh i'm not genre but um field of study you're in if your teacher just wants you to do the thing because that's their job is to make you do it Mm -hmm. 
it's just it's too shallow. No. And maybe that's my maybe that's my stupid mindset, but she didn't care about the rules or the things that I was supposed to be doing. She cared about my well-being. Never, never treated it like this is a factory pumping out students or something like that. It was like right. your errand. She was like, "Well, why are you in here instead of in class?" Yeah. Why are you, why did you come talk to me? Like, why would you come in here instead? Like, if I was really wanting to ditch class, wouldn't I have gone and like played some video games yeah. and not like gone downstairs and played piano or gone into the head of my department? It's mm-hmm. like off or go talk to Ramona. Yeah. You know, like, why, why would I have done something else? And I, and she she engaged with me at a level that made me feel like I was valuable and um, my process was important. Hmm. And that alone, I'm indebted to her forever. I, I truly am hoping that I make enough money to let ju- like my kids go to that school, right? Because it, it, that like she is such an intelligent, powerful person um, that that school will be impacted greatly by the way that she engages with students, um, and she made a big impact on on that you know on that whole department. And mm-hmm. You can see it in the in the. Faculty, sure. That they I mean, hire. Yeah, I mean, you're not convincing me because doing the music therapy thing, doing like oh starting God, that program, doing that with her, like having her literally just say, like, put out an opportunity for a volunteer thing, and then her asking, like, oh, is this something that you're interested? And being like, is what is this? Yeah. Oh, music therapy. Never heard of that. And then that's my major. <laughs> like, at least you'd heard that music was a degree. This wasn't even something I knew that people did in the world right. as an occupation. I mean, I'm not doing it, but, like, yeah. absolutely, like, whether or not that is your skill set. And I think that this is so important. I know that there are, like, I know specifically, like, certain um, kids who are at that university that listen to this podcast. And I think that that is, like, something that I've talked with them about, people who have worked with Heather, people who I've met through other music things, is just, like... It, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I met this, um, and I, I, this is somebody who I'm probably going to talk on the podcast with later, but I'm not going to call them out. But I was talking with this musician who I like, um, who's a little bit younger and was talking with him about, um, his, his joy in what he's creating and hearing him talk so much about like the shame that he has if he's not creating music, mm-hmm. if he's not putting things out, if he's not, um, hitting this kind of quota of what it means to be successful and I just looked at him and I was like do you think that you have value if you stop music right now and he was like well yeah but like I have to do this you know and just like all of the like backpedaling so hard and like just seeing the strong dissonance in what the way of thinking and he's saying like yes of course I have value but then arguing like all these reasons why he has to do this and seeing that addiction level. Seems and like, like he knows the right answer. Right. But doesn't actually. But he's not it. willing to believe it and he's mm-hmm. not willing to live into that and I think that that's something that Carlene, a, an amazing teacher, uh, gave to me, gave to you, mm. and and some of the greatest musicians I've seen and worked with live into is that idea that whether you're following this path that is laid out, that is said that this is what success looks like, and this is kind of how maybe academia or other influences have told you you're supposed to do it, like saying, but your path is going to be unique, and you're going to find um, you're going to find joy, and you're going to find balance, and those. And you're going to find ways that you can support others and care for them. And that is what your success mm-hmm. is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that frees us so much. To to have bears and other carnivores, you know, work on something 
start a record that's we started recording in April mm-hmm. and then have it probably not come out till the next <laughs> April. Right. To say like, but that doesn't destroy me. Right. That I mean, maybe a couple nights I stare at the ceiling and I think, what the fuck am I doing right now? Right. It, it destroyed me, but I didn't put myself back together. <laughs> it destroyed me for a little bit. Like the Jenga fell down, but I put it like it's just Jenga. Come on, it's a game. The point. Yeah. She she is yeah, she has that uh she also encouraged the community aspect. Mm-hmm. She never discouraged she discouraged us from interrupting other people's learning, but she never discouraged us from engaging with each other. Um like, it wasn't about, like, stop talking. It was like, hey, do your work. And, like, I don't know. Like she just, she fostered the relationships in that class that that include Heather and, and, mm-hmm. and uh, Natalie and Julie. Um, just, the, you know, specific, even specifically the, the three of them with, as well, with Kelsey, right. too. Our marriages yeah, our are marriages. a result of that class. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, their, their friendships there um, and, and Melissa's. And, like, you know, with Melissa, mm-hmm. too. And uh, I watched, you know... I, I I mean, Melissa was already the like the best vocalist and piano player yeah. when, when we got there. So by the time she left, I was like, "What are you gonna do? Like, how can you, can you go any higher?" And then she like, learned organ, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" You know, like even <laughs> like someone who is that good of a musician, yeah. Dr. Brown's able to impact. Yeah. And someone who was me. Yeah. Who loves to hit electric drums for their church. Yeah. And sing. Yeah. In show tunes, <laughs> which is the highest level of vocal performance, by the way. True. Show tunes. Show tunes. Yeah. Specifically ones that were on television, not yeah. not like a place. No. Show tunes. Show tunes, yeah. Right. Make Absolutely. Sure we got I want to make sure Julie right. heard that okay. uh, from a, a medium that matters. Good. Um, but she Bad parties. <laughs> mediums that matter. <laughs> mediums that matter. It's a new tagline. <laughs> the, the real the real thing was that she was able to impact Melissa, who's that good, and everybody in between, which was yeah. everybody above her, and then me, who I, I had played drums, of course, and like knew G, C, and D on my guitar, but like didn't know how it worked, didn't know the like, structure of the music. And I'm like, hey, I got like two of my songs that I'm playing piano on that'll be on the performance in my senior year. Mm-hmm. And it's the first and second song on the track. And and Dr. Brown, I remember when we talked about it, she was like, like that you did that? Like you got to there? Why did she's like, how did you get to there? You ditched all the time. <laughs> That was like only like the soul fish. Yeah, I just I just didn't want to sing shape notes. That's fine. <laughs> but like she was able to make impact across the board, obviously, and not just the music theory too, but like with you and, mm-hmm. and taking it across another level. I think she, um, she deserves. She's she's very you know central to so many of us. Mm. Um, yeah, and and it's it's interesting to like see how this conversation came out of you talking about like. ADD and living in different compartments and then it, it direct I feel like that directly flows into how much of an influence that was because like uh, you were allowed to what's it is, is a t- traditional lecture style classroom mm-hmm. going to be successful for that mm-hmm. nope 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 and yeah. so she you didn't and you you got the degree <laughs> yeah she and newbie actually yeah um, both of them were yeah. very Stephen newbie they were doing everything look at dr newbie who was like Running, um, he had like two offices, one right next to Dr. Brown's, and yep. then the other one up in that second level. Yeah, as on the, the other side of the square. University, uh, University, University, U- 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 Nope. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I didn't think of you, Sam, but I was like... Student yeah. Union Building. Yeah, it was... The ab- sub. It was above the sub, but I That's can't remember what, what the name of... Like, his was, like, director of the worship... It was not just Worship Arts Ensemble. It was, like, this big thing. And he was a director of that, yeah. and director of this, and then he was, like, doing the gospel choir, and he was, like, the head of music at Antioch Bible Church. He was Church. actively he building was, a composing, like, space in his own home. And, and he, was, and he was then starting to pick up doing stuff with the sounders, and he still does he all this stuff. He still does all of that. Yeah. Like, he was so multifaceted, and I was always like, God, it's hard to track that guy down. And I was like, that's kind of cool. Like, I yeah. always thought it was, I was like, what? It, no. That is so he cool. He is um, exclusive. That exclusivity, like, when you when he gave you his time, because he'd still give you his time, it made it feel so goddamn important. Dude, he was the sponsor for our on-house campus. Hmm. Or our on-campus house. That's how you say it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the on-campus house that Josh and Matt and I lived in huh. uh, with, like, four other folks. He was our sponsor. You had to get, like, a, a faculty sponsor. And I was like, yeah, it's, like, a bunch of us. And we're, like, focused on brotherhood. And he was like, the brothers. That's the name of the house. And I was like, <laughs> all right, the brothers! <laughs> Dr. Newby said the brothers, so we're calling we're allowed the brothers. To, we're allowed to call it. Aren't you a bunch of white guys? <laughs> no, no. Dr. Newby said it. We're the brothers. We're the brothers. <laughs> yeah, no, we, so we, we straight up, like, did it, called it the brothers, and then Dr. Newby never came over. No, he was busy. No, but I was, he was like, how's the house? I was like, good. He's like, cool. cool. All right, next thing. Yep, totally. Uh, like, one time, I don't know, He's were you great. there when, when we got to do the, the national anthem at the at the Sounders game that was, like, the when they were playing the Galaxy? No. Like, this is not something, like, I'm like, this was a musical highlight. But, like, simply the fact that, like, I was one of the people that he'd been working with for a long time. He brought out a bunch of people, but, like, Myself and then Taylor Neal and a couple other musicians who right. were like doing their own thing and like Young were leaders. Crew. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, he would he brought us out and like had us be front and center. Like cool. Everybody else was a choral piece, but then we were just you know I mean it's just the national anthem. But getting to sing that and being like oh hey David Beck like um <laughs> hey David Beck um that's like my Glenn Beck reference from last week. <sighs> Just getting the names all right. <laughs> parties. Um, but then, like, getting to do that and be and, and have stages like that, getting to work with Dr. Carly Brown, and as a result, here's a name I'm going to fuck up, uh, sing on stage with Adina Menzel. I did it right. Hey. Right? Kind of? But, like, yeah, at the so. Paramount, getting to play on the Paramount, getting to sing for the, the Fleet Foxes and, like, meet those guys and, like, so many other opportunities were a direct result of my relationship with those two people. Yeah. Um, Dr. Brown, when he brought Phil um, mm. uh, up senior year, and he had, like, yeah. the whole Antioch team. Phil Christensen. And, yeah, Phil mm-hmm. Christensen. And then a couple of other people came in, too, to play. And he was like, Aaron, you want to play, uh, play electric piano? And uh, Matt, you want to play guitar? Yeah. And we're like, with you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, like, all I did was, like, pads. But it was so fun. We like we I, the whole ch- all chapel was filled. It was like honestly, like as far as my experiences with worship music on campus at SBU was the most impactful. That and Melissa's recital, yeah, which was the most beautiful musical thing I've ever been mm-hmm. a part of. Um, she that was truly amazing. But like all of all of that uh, for me ha- had been um, just a, a a a bonus because they cared enough to engage. And I feel, I feel lucky now to, maybe that's, maybe that's something that's kind of fun about working, maybe like seeing if college people who are, um, 
experiencing the same questions and doubts and things that maybe I was experiencing when I was in college about how to actually adult because <laughs> mm. we're technically adults. Right. Um, and everyone deserves to relax and play a video game or sure. have a beer or whatever, like relax and stuff. But like when you're asking these questions about what you're going to do with your life, there's big questions and they're kind of scary and you're in the, you're in the tracks, you know, mm-hmm. you're like, I'm in this track and I have to get to this number of points, which is your grades. Yeah. And this number of classes. Yeah. There's like, a, a, it's, it's quantifiable mm-hmm. or, or somebody's trying to quantify it. Yeah. But once you get your degree, you're all just, you're just a part of everything else. Sure. You're just, there's nothing it's dark, but there's nothing special about no. you no. inherently because you finished that. It, you were already as special as you were going to be when you went in. Mm-hmm. Now you're just potentially more equipped. And sure. I mean, there is nothing more devastating, I think, than somebody who spends uh, so much time pursuing something really academic or really um, uh, like a hard profession and putting so much time and energy into it. And then, like at the end of it, just being miserable because they expected it to give, they expected that to give them joy. And it's just, I think, yeah. It, 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 the the people, yeah, the people that I see that are so joyful are, and I feel joyful is like the opportunity to say, no, 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 no. I'm investing into things that free me to feel joyful, mm-hmm. that that provide me the opportunity to do these other things. But they in themselves inherently are not going to do that for me. Yeah. So like, you finish your degree, you walk off that stage, you you get that job, you do whatever you want to. Like, you're still going to stare at the ceiling in the middle of the night and think, what's the point of all this? Yeah. And, like, if you don't have the ability to, like, go out and and be with people and and hear them say, like, this is why you're valuable. This is how you impact me. Like, it's going to be dark. Yeah, and that's that's what's wild about, like, jobs these days, too, is that the kind of most places that I'd want to work, like, the only thing that's nice with the degree is that it gets, it's a gate. Oh, yes. You know, and having degree, I'm so grateful for my degree, but for my degree, for so many reasons, but it, it doesn't, it hasn't impacted me. I can't think of the ways that it's impacted me with my, my, with my job search, Mm -hmm. other than potentially allowing me to get an interview. Sure. It's simply the fact of, did you, did you graduate from college? Sure. But it shows you can start something and complete something, and I get sure, that. That's fine. But that what's annoying is that that's like a hundred twenty thousand dollar proof. <laughs> yeah. True. With investment. With investment. Yeah. Or uh, with interest. Thank you. <laughs> we are professionals. I'm drunk. <laughs> I was actually considering bringing that uh, Sun Liquor whiskey. Um, eggnog. The eggnog. Whiskey. Oh my god. Because yeah. I had a little bit left, um, but I couldn't do. Did that you buy some? Yeah. How is it? It's phenomenal. Oh my god! Yeah, it's dude. Phenomenal. Sun Liquor makes a eggnog whiskey. That yeah, that's it, crazy. It was written up in like Seattle Weekly, I think. Mm. And Taylor and I walked and got one. Mm. Uh, we walked to get in line, and there was a giant line. Of course, before it it opened, I was like, okay, that's Seattle. That is Seattle. <laughs> that is uh, yeah. Oh my god, eggnog whiskey. Let's wait in the cold <laughs> for it. Yeah, that's that's it. <clears throat> so you brought somebody down from Arizona, put them in line to get that. And then they died. <laughs> yeah. Now you got two eggnogs. <laughs> she had like the, the thinnest jacket. I was like, how are you even doing this? I was like, I have no idea. Mm-mm. But I, I'm, I'm legitimately, it was so funny when you, when you said, uh, do you want to come do the podcast? Yeah. I, I, re- I specifically remember early on, you were like, I got nobody else to interview. And I was like, do you? <laughs> 
And I was like looking at Brian and like looking at myself and I was like, don't you? Do you have nobody? Are we friends? Do you have no one else who's creative? Yeah. And I and I was like, I wonder, I wonder why. <laughs> so that's why I, I'm asking it on the podcast because it's meta. Oh, is 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 what what made you go? I'm gonna wait to ask Aaron. Oh yeah, um, I specifically uh, waited on asking you because I, I think that we we do spend so much time together, and I was nervous. And I've had other people that I've been like, I need to ask them. And then, like, I'll see the perfect opportunity and then I'll just pee my pants and they won't do it. Like, oh. I think I'm a very nervous person and I have a lot of social anxiety, even with, like... Sorry to do this thing. <laughs> no, that's okay. I'm, I mean, in this setting, it's perfect. Mm. I love, like, a more direct setting, but, like, in, like, life, like, hey, do you think you should text that person right now? Like, that voice in the back of my mind being like, yes. No? Fuck! <laughs> that's, that's what's happening. <laughs> and so, like, to, to have a, a, a moment like that where be, I'm like, I want to ask Aaron, but there's also the potential of him being like, oh, sure, I guess I could do that. Like, to, to everybody I ask, oh. it, it's uncomfortable. Oh. Uh, uh, Melissa was, uh, or Marissa, who did the podcast pretty re- recently, and, uh, uh, like, that one was, was terrifying to me because there is so much, like, um, because there is so much uh, potential to be um, somebody s- saying something that is actively against what she's trying to do and mm-hmm. to say the wrong thing and to, as a result of ignorance hinder what she's trying to accomplish with um, um, her activism and, mm-hmm. but, and still saying, you know what, that's fine. I, and I talked about this with my therapist, like to say like, I'm allowed to make a mistake on the podcast and that's the point of it. Mm-hmm. And if I if I do a, a thing that is embarrassing and it's shameful, who cares? And I think like getting to that point is a big step for me right now in life. Um, putting out music, do uh, doing art, just taking chances, saying like, like so you're gonna embarrass yourself. So what? Mm-hmm. Who cares? And that is like such a hard thing for me. Like I am somebody who I think I've been successful, and like I think this is an evolutionary trait. Is I play out the entire scenario. I see it in my mind from beginning to end before I'll take a first step. Mm. And I'm very cautious in things like that. And I'm learning to just say, like, no, you might trip and you might hurt yourself, mm. but you won't die. Mm. And I, I think, like, I'm, the t- I'm definitely the type of person who I'll, I'll sit in bed. I'm, this is the third time I'm telling stories about sitting in bed, stare at the ceiling, but I'll sit in bed, stare at the ceiling, and then I'll be like, oh, it's a time to go to sleep. Hey, remember that one time you said something kind of weird like two years ago to that guy you've never seen again since? <laughs> there was a me in real life about that. It's, you, of course you there post, is. You, I think you posted it. And oh, like, yeah. That's exactly That's this. exactly it. Yes. I mean, that is my meme. <laughs> the thing where you're trying to fall asleep and then you remember that text you sent on October 25th, 2012? <laughs> yeah. Shit. Shit. No, I, I'll totally have that where I like... Um, oh, you were hanging out with some friends and then you accidentally referred to one person who's married to this person as being married to this other person. I'm telling a real story right now and it, there are multiple times at night where I'll be trying to go to sleep and I'll think of that and I'm just like, cold sweats. Ugh, I have to do something, but you can't do anything. Let it go. Go to bed. Um, and, and similarly, like, why am I not asking people that I could? Like, mm. I think that there are a lot of people that I should reach out to and uh, I just did the round recently and... I asked three people, hey, you want to just do this podcast? I'm like, yeah, great, perfect. Because they're all people that have been on my list. 
or actually two of them were on my list, and then one of them was a person I met that night, and I was like, yeah, you're really cool. I want to talk more about this. Uh, there's too many people here. Do you want to do the podcast? And they were like, sure, maybe, if you're not freaking going to murder me. I'm like, yeah. Well, I'll decide. Probably not. If you're listening. I will decide at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Just throwing some Trump I mean, out there. Oh, fuck. Ugh. I mean, we're all deciding at the time not to murder people. <laughs> right now, I am actively not murdering anyone. Where's my goddamn medal? <laughs> Where's my presidency? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is unprecedented. President. I'll fix it in like 83 minutes. It's fine. Did you, did you see that one, that tweet? When the Chinese stole the, the drone? S- yeah, they stole And then he was like, what they have done is unprecedented. Chill. Something. Something. Just wrong. Just wrong. Uh, maybe that's what that is. Trump. Tagline. Just wrong. Just, just wrong. Too bigly. Uh, I just found a Chrome extension that lets you take all... That automatically puts in on his tweets a... Um, a fact check? No, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I normally have to go to PolitiFact, mm. which is fun. Yeah. We got the politics in this episode. I was wondering if we are going to do it. I was like, oh, we didn't talk politics at all. There we go. There's some things. Throwing it in there. Throwing it in there. Yeah, spoiler, I'm not a Trump supporter. What? Yeah, weird, You didn't right? vote for it? No. Me either. <laughs> uh... Uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it's funny. I, I thought about it because I, I was actually talking to Julie and she's like, Hey, are you going to ask him why you haven't been on? And I was like, I was like, yeah, I've been thinking about asking hmm. Andy why I haven't, why I haven't been asked to be on. Cause sure. it does mostly because I was like, does it have to do with the fact that we always see each other yes. and it's awkward. So Heather and I have ask. talked about this, about like, can she be on the podcast? Cause I've asked her right. cause she's it's doing honest. tons of artistic mm-hmm. stuff and we talk about this type of stuff all the time. Um, and I was like, I've been like, well, it would have to be like this. And she's like, well, that feels really unnatural. I don't think I want to do that. I'm like, okay, well then we can't do it. And she's like, well, that sucks. And and then I, and then I'm like, you're right. It does suck. So I don't know. I'm, I'm still figuring it out. Cold sweats. Yeah. Cold sweats. Yep. It's great when it's the person laying next to you. <laughs> you're like, I can't forget. Andy, why are you so sweaty? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked, Heather. <laughs> Our conversation from two weeks ago. I'm still thinking. Being married to me rules, huh? <laughs> Thanks, hon. Oh, God. Well, no, I, I really do appreciate you coming on and doing this, and I know you're really busy. Um, mm. And uh, no, I thought a long time ago, I've got a list on my phone of people, and you were on the list from day one. So you've always been a person I was going to ask. Totally. Um, so... Did, I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings and didn't ask you. Oh, no, it's okay. I, I, I've honestly wondered, but I didn't know how to ask. You know, it's like when yeah. you're like, when someone doesn't know that they offended you. Sure. Um, like, effectively, just with driving their car and they happen to splash water on you. Like, of course, that sucks. That It was their fault, but they didn't mean to. Or whatever. Sure. Like, when you're like, I just want them to apologize. But then I don't want to be like, hey, I need you to apologize. Sure. And then they're like... Hey, I'm sorry. And yeah. you're like, oh, that doesn't feel good. No, asked... that's not what I was asking for. And I also didn't want to ask to be on the podcast. Because right. it wasn't something that was a level of value. But it was also, it did, I started, I started when, when you were like, oh, man, I'm like running out of people. And I was like, oh. Like, I was like, you did? And I was like, I guess I'm not. Am I not on the list? Am I not on our, I mean, I, I feel like. No, just sometimes I say stupid shit. Remember? Remember how I talked about, like, remember Glenn Beck? How he's dead? Nah, just kidding. John Glenn. There's the correction. Because you're Glenn Beck died? <laughs> oh my god, the astronaut? <laughs> From Ohio? Uh, 
No, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I, I guess I forgot the name of the podcast. I thought it was You Made It Weird, so I thought I'd make it weird. Nice. No, just kidding. This is just how I'm bad at parties. No, I love it. And I, I'm totally okay with you bringing it up in this medium because I'm going to delete this part. <laughs> <laughs> that feels like the most Andy and Aaron conversation. <laughs> yeah. That's really, that's, a, that's the most real it's been so far. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about what you feel. <laughs> it's like, that's oh, good because no one will ever hear no this. And no one will ever know your shame. Yeah, no. No, I have a, I have a, a very funny... Um, thing where sometimes I like to say I'm bad at parties whenever you're filming something. Yeah. Um, and that was the way that I, I coped with it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm bad at parties. And you're like, no, you're not. That's me. That's my thing. Come here, John. <laughs> I'm your host. <coughs> We're just going to do inside jokes for the rest of the podcast. Yeah, that'll be fun for no one no. but me. Um, I, I also have a, 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 a very funny... Um, a very funny thing where I would uh, text Chris, mm-hmm. um, where I would say, hey, Chris, because he asked me, he's like, hey, did Andy ask you? And then I was like, nope. <laughs> and he was like, oh. Uh, but Chris has been... Because he asked me first. Like, he did it with me very first. It was like the first one. What is this, like 28? It's 28 episodes. And I was, I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm like, for me, it's like, it's this funny thing. I was like, I'm like 30 artists below Chris. And I was like, Chris... You and like your slides, like I, I obviously can't like compete with it, but uh, but uh, you know playing his band and uh, and uh, doing the music for his podcast, um, not art, all commerce. So I'm the rich guy and he's the artist. And so I thought about making one called Good at Parties. Nice. And then uh, inviting everybody I know who's good at parties, but you'd be at the top of that list because <laughs> it's funny that you're bad at parties. Because I'm like, Andy's the guy who's like a party. Like you, I was talking, I talk about this with Chris mm. all the time. You and Chris, it's funny that you were the very first episode. Right. He, because you guys are two of the best party guests. Right. I know you might feel internally. Oh, it's 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 but like you were really great like, party guests. I think we're internal bleeders. That's just what's happening. It's like you look at them, they're walking around and they're fine, but it's just like And don't get me wrong, Chris is an amazing artist. Like I yeah. I love that he has so many mediums. He we went to this cabin and he brought his drill and he drilled like oh, twelve holes of different <laughs> sizes in a board. He's like, Who wants this? Who wants my art? It's going up next to the slides. And he, he's very self-deprecating about it. But but I love that he always tries for things and goes for it and is like, I'm going to create until I like it. Sure. And I think, I mean, I think that that's really happening. I have two of his pieces on my wall. Yeah. Like, I love his, his slide tracings. Holy shit. They're I, so beautiful. I bought them because I like them, mm-hmm. not because he's Chris. No, it's because they look good. And, yeah. Yeah. And they deserve to be on a wall. And so like, he's like, he should be on this podcast because he's an artist. But I was always thinking, I was like, but... Uh, but you're good at, you're so good at parties. Thanks, you're like, you're really good at it. Yeah. And you're also really good at art. And they don't feel like... Opposites. Uh, yeah, they don't feel like they they miss each other. No. Like, I know people who are bad at art and bad at parties. Well, I think here's a good... You and I used to do... Um, you and I meth. used to... The, the, the potluck. We would go to... Your, yeah. Meth. We used to do meth. You and I used to do the potluck where we would have dinner at your yeah. house every night uh, once a week. And... Uh, I, I always think back to that as, like, a perfect example of, like, this is why I like doing this podcast, because there would be all of these beautiful people, really cool, who I'd have, like, a moment of connection with, I'd be thrilled, and then, like, they'd be talking with somebody else, and they'd be like, oh, I wanted to keep talking to you, and now I also have to start from zero with somebody so else, and that is maybe the most painful thing to me in the world, is, mm. like, getting really excited about a conversation with them, ha- someone that I'm having, uh... 
Hmm. And then, like, and then having it end and, like, be like, so what do you do for work? Oh, I die. Like, right now. That's what I do for work. Um, do you want to do my podcast? <laughs> do you want to do my podcast? And so I'm you like, have a great opener now. <laughs> I do a podcast. Want to do it? Yeah. It's, it's really great. It's my, I've, called it, I've started calling it my vegan because I want to talk about it way more than anybody else does. It's good. Um, but, I, yeah, I think that it's just so great to have a spot like this. There's mm. no phones. Mm. I just get to, like, not have to worry about it, like, ending when I don't want it to. It just gets to end when I do, like, right now. <laughs> uh, my my um, it'll be very funny to I mean now Chris and I have nothing to joke about but um, the now that you've been on the show now that I've been on the show that's okay I'll fuck something else up I'll, I'll say bad at parties still um, uh, but I always just thought it was an interesting comparison to to, to draw but I never really thought about it beyond like, oh, I'm bad at parties because I'm thinking about other these like mm. this artistic thing. Because sure. it's so Seattle is like a city that is full of people who either are or want to be introverts. Sure, um, there's it's bit, sexy. There's very few like extroverts, and I always thought it was interesting because I don't really get it. Mm. I don't get introversion or extroversion. I don't understand. Every time someone tries to give me a definition. I still think it's kind of horseshit because I don't know anyone who, like, I definitely recharge when I sit and I read a book. Sure. Or I do a crossword by myself. Sure. Or I play a video game with no one, like, all being by myself or playing music. I also have energy when I'm with people. But, like, I'm an extrovert almost completely, but I have, uh, but I get tired when I'm having to be with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like being alone. And so, like, it doesn't matter if it was like about energy or whatever, but there's always like these weird correlations as if like extroverts don't like alone time or introverts don't want friends mm-hmm. sure, or that extroverts need other people or that introverts hate other people or right. like whatever it might be. I have had on my desktop at work intro and extro two screenshots of when you finish, why are introverts so, and mm-hmm. then it has a bunch of things and it's why are extroverts so, and it has a bunch of things and I want to like talk about, I want to write a blog post about it, mm-hmm. not for track status silly, but just for my own writing sake. Sure. Because I, I, I seriously, it doesn't feel... It's not real. It can't, well, I mean, like, you, look at, you, you look at our earlier conversation about, like, doing these different arts or doing these different things and, sure. uh, and what you talked about with Craig, not being somebody who is forced to be these different things or forced to, like, be somebody because he takes on these different roles. Just being like, no, I just also do those things. Like, I... And these are titles that try to categorize people. And, and yes, I think that there are truths and that there are some, some ways that people can grow to understand themselves. Um, and, but mm-hmm. I think that um, a lot of the problem is when, when people take a term like, oh, I've found my Myers-Briggs and now I know I'm an INFJ uh, and I want to say, great, now I know a little bit more about myself. And, and the problem is when you start saying, and that's everything about myself. Instead of saying that that is an element, and I'm all I'm also I'm an INFJ, and I'm a musician, and I'm a, a, a husband, and I'm all these other things, and getting to say like some of that stuff does apply to me, some of it doesn't, and I think it's, I see a lot of people doing what you're talking about, saying like oh I want to be introverted or I am introverted because um, it is, 
It's a bumper sticker at that point. It's digestible. You can, I feel like, I mean, I've been saying a lot this lately, but I feel like social media is the, is 2000, is the 2000s bumper stickers because I think it's just like, it's mostly shit and it's mostly small and like something that you can just put out there and be like, there, I've defined myself, but you really hate it and you don't want to be defined by that. And other people are like, ugh. Yeah, I hate people who are so simple. It's like, yeah, you made yourself really simple in that mm. moment. You made yourself a bumper sticker. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't be defined, uh, well, people define you by what you put out there, but you actually can't be defined by just that. No. And that's why, like, I feel like all of my friends, I feel like if you took a Myers-Briggs test in one situation or another one, like, for example, by yourself in a room with your cup of tea and mm. you do it, or you're in a room with a bunch of people and you're answering questions because they're asking you. Yeah. Like, you're going to answer it differently, which sure. means you're probably going to be a different collection of letters given the circumstance. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of studies uh, that show that uh, personality is really not as as solid and as, as finite as people have often thought it was. Like, it's a very fluid thing. It changes over time. And I think that makes a lot of... I think that um, it makes a lot of people uncomfortable to think about that especially people who are religious, because then they lose this um, freedom of thinking like, oh, I am a kind person, and because I am a kind person, I'm a good person, and that means that these positive spiritual things will happen to me after I die or something like that. Sure. So if you think about life and the way that you exist like that, um, it's measurable. But if you if it comes to a place where it's like, yeah, but also like you could have a disease and it would change your personality entirely, then like then you're no longer um, good because you're good. You're good because you've got, like, some chemicals happening, and, mm-hmm. and that's it's arbitrary at that point. Yeah, and we grow and we change, and mm-hmm. I, I remember the first time I took it, I was an ENFP. I remember when I took it after college, I was an ENFJ. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, but I also don't understand why these things are different. And I, I think some of those tests are great. I think Strength Finders was really awesome, though it has changed for me mm-hmm. multiple times I've taken it. Also, really like Enneagram a lot. Oh, yeah. Enneagram's really cool. Enneagram, for me, feels a lot better because it talks about... Like, when I just said, like, when you take the test in a different situation, mm-hmm. this is, like, how you interact with other people. Like, sure. it's how you are yeah. connect, like, who you yeah. know. Ver- like, lot. what is somebody else's Enneagram and how does that interact with your Enneagram? Mm-hmm. Kind of in, like, what is what I like about, like, um, uh, astrological signs. Like, the, it talks about, like, oh, you're a Taurus. This is how you interact with Sagittarius. Now, obviously, not all of that is true. And if you buy too much into it, I'm going to make fun of you. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's got, like, good value to say, like, well, yeah, I see parts of those to be true. And, and that does inform, like, what I should do differently. Mm-hmm. And, like, if I see myself heading down this path, I'm probably going to end up in this predictable spot mm-hmm. that I don't want to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and... It's pretty nuts to see people who can call out your sign. That's mm-hmm. the thing that's interesting to me, mm-hmm. is that, like, we have a, f- a friend who dated somebody who was like, oh, yeah, that's what I do. And she was like, oh, you're a fire sign. Uh, Aries? And I was like, what the fuck was mm-hmm. that? Like, yeah. I was, like, completely taken aback. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and, and while I think that certain things can be correlated with that, um, what I like about the Enneagram is it's about how you and I engage and how I tend to behave with other people and Mm -hmm. why I do. And it talks about your fears and your, where, how you consider yourself successful Mm -hmm. in the eyes of others. Like me being viewed, that's like the uh, number three Mm -hmm. is like, it's the whole thing is about being perceived as successful. And, uh, I'm, I'm not 
Like uh, that, when it talks about my like fears, when it like lists out these things, I'm like that. Like I look at the other ones, they just don't. Yeah, but that one. Oh yeah, just disconnects. Like, yeah, I mean, I I like um, when it comes to like what you were talking about before with introversion extroversion. I really like Big Five because Big Five talks about sports. Uh, no, 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 definitely not. God no. Uh, it's a it's I'm another a dicks guy. You know? <laughs> uh, is that a dicks guy? Yeah, dicks sporting goods. Oh god. Guy. Uh, I'm 100% a dicks guy. Um, but... What's Big Five? Big Five is another personality test, and it has Mm. introversion, extroversion, where you fit Mm. on that, but it's looking at it in a completely different, um, way in, in less of a, like, do you like being around people? Do you recharge? It's more talking about it in a sensory perception type of place to Mm. be like, um, extroversion uh, let's say that it's hard because people who are listening, those future ghosts can't see my hands, but say like in the middle here, mm-hmm. there is, there are two lines and there's a top and a bottom. It's kind of like a wave form. That's the top of the mm-hmm. wave and what's the bottom of the wave. And that is where people tend to like to exist. And an extrovert is going to like to exist at the top of that. And that is a more sensory stimulant, uh, experience. Whereas the bottom of that is going to be more of an introvert who likes a lesser sensory mm. uh, experience and those they feel the same in those places so to say like oh when I'm down here when I'm closer to where the introvert is at it feels like there is a hollowness or there something needs to happen huh. and and looking at it in a completely different way where it actually has very little to do with human beings as a physical creature that need to be around you and more to do with I just need sensory input in different ways at different times and hmm. that is a a level of comfort for me. Like, do you like to have music in your headphones when you're working or would that completely destroy your ability to work? Hmm. And so like, I think that that super makes sense to me because I can listen to music and sometimes that's really helpful. But if I'm working on like a hard task, I'm like, nope, total silence. That's what I need. Yeah. I think I can totally like look at myself as an introvert in that regard. Hmm. Yeah. I like, uh, maybe, maybe I'll have to take a look at big five um, at some point. Yeah, I, I, I see a strong line um, between where, you know, uh, where people f- are up, like they come up to that line and they go, yeah, but that doesn't define me. And maybe that's the whole concept. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't feel like any Myers-Briggs or, you know, if I'm totally honest though, Enneagram sometimes does feel like it has my number. Yeah, right. Um, There's still those ones that connect with you in a real deep God, level. I, I haven't sh- I haven't been able to shake it for two years. Like every time I take it, I'm a three with a two wing, and Dang. it's like shit. Uh, like I can't like get out out of it. You know. Sure. Well, it's echolocation. You know, I think like those things are just like telling you how far away you are from something. That doesn't mean that wall is me. Mm-hmm. It just means I'm that far away from it. It's you're just seeing a mirror. You know. Yeah, and those have been helpful. And it also really is particular to about about where I am during my life because my last three years have been more, I would say, more the most consistent decision making and values based like things. Like I am more myself now than I was five years ago, Mm. but I've been like consistent. I feel like I've been consistently this. I would agree with that since twenty thirteen. Yeah, yeah, you've been. I've been there every week (laughs) on Wednesdays (laughs) since then. So, um, my my uh, I what I liked what I liked about. Uh, being asked to do this podcast was um, I I don't think I know anyone on this podcast who identifies themselves as an extrovert hmm. and hmm. and and not because I thought it was a problem no. but 
there is a it, it, being an introvert is sexy, and being an extrovert is just like like oh, the craziest paths. Yeah, but like I, I can't, I can't do life without my book or without taking mm. five minutes to like look at a crossword or like read through a book. Like I value my time on the bus mm. for that. I need like a moment to reset, and I feel like thinking. There are people who are definitely way more extroverted than myself, including Julie, mm-hmm. who who have just as much uh, impact um, artistically, or if not more. Um, but I always wondered, like, where in this city, like, is, is Seattle is kind of like it's cool to be an extrovert mm. or, or introvert yeah uh introverted liberal with glasses and i'm not i'm i, I was neither, neither of those things when i came in i'm definitely more liberal now yeah um and i have cool sunglasses that's about as far as i got dude so. i really want a t-shirt that just says introverted liberal with glasses and just like <laughs> just just push away all of the sex like i'll just i'm married Stop! I can't right now. I can't. Well, like I walked into, I walked in my composition class, which was taught by a balding white man with glasses, yeah. and I look, I look in there, and there's Booker and Scott Johnson and Ryan Cloudfelter, and I'm like, like, it's like, oh my god, they're all tiny Eric's. Yeah, you're all gonna become this man one day, and they're like, this is the goal. And we are aware. I wear like sweatpants and a hoodie and, and like a woot shirt. And I'm like, I just wanted Halo 3. And, <laughs> and they're like, cool. You know, and I'm like, I should probably compose, right? Right. And I, I, yeah, I think that I love that too. And that makes so much sense to like be like, why is that? I, I, think, why? Like, I think it's easy to say like that, like for people in the arts community to look at that and go, like that, that's where the hipster Set, like pushes away the extrovert hmm. and says like you're not allowed in our cool club hmm. we're only cool here people who don't talk very much well it's like <laughs> yeah you pull out your phone yeah, yeah I, I and like at the same I, I think that that's bullshit and I, they're not kind to me hmm. like that person who ends up being in that place and I think that's an easy trap to fall into is a person who who pretends that they're better than everybody else and says like oh you like these maybe things that are more mainstream or more pop culture or things that I'm not like into in my quiet alone time, then like I can't connect with you. That's mm-hmm. stupid. That's dumb. That's lame. Yeah. Have fun. It's easy to tra- it's easy to like put connections too. You're like, well, the extrovert and their dog always like running after the green ball wherever it goes. Like sure. the introvert with the cat who is like really knows what they want. And it's like they only really engage with people when they want to. That's not true. I don't know what the fuck I want ever. <laughs> I know, but like... You, oh, I'm eating fucking brownies for breakfast. I don't have a fucking clue. <laughs> you have a dog and a cat. So yeah. You have a wonderful mix. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I, and I mean, I, I I, have like, I love, there are certain cats in my life that I'm like, these are awesome creatures. And there are also cats where I'm like, I, I don't know how I would ever feed you. I would want you to die because you make me feel terrible. Because um, <laughs> the judge... I don't know if you're talking about metaphorical cats, like real people. No, no, or, no. no. no re- actual cats. No, no, no. I want to I want to not feed the cat so that cat dies. <laughs> okay, It's got much it. nicer. This is a literal cat that you want to die. <laughs> got it. Just want to make sure we're on the same page. Uh, it, it, or it's more like, why? Because I never I understood that. But that's neither here nor there. I, I, I just... I find it so interesting and it's the same part of me that gets riled up when people are like laziest generation like I was like I wanted to text in, in my I wanted to send out a tweet today which I never tweet I have no. like 20 followers oh I don't even have Twitter okay that's more so I got like 20 more followers yeah and I'm, one more account than you do. yeah that's <laughs> accurate these are good numbers Aaron so um, you wanted to tweet today yeah and I, I wanted to tweet today I wanted to like do a hashtag and I wanted to like put it in my schedule like wake up 
play with my daughter, feed her, go to the gym, do a podcast. Like, I wanted to, like, say all the things I do on a Saturday and then hashtag laziest generation mm. because I'm so tired of millennials being identified as something like that. Sure. And it, 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 it grinds my gear. I just get so mad. Mm. Uh, and it's it's probably irrational um, it, to a certain point. But I'm like, you don't get it, do you? Like, you don't understand why we are the way we are. And all you want to do, like, I, there was a fucking video of this guy walking around pointing microphones at young people going, what's wrong with your generation? What's wrong with your generation? And he was serious. Like, it wasn't a joke. He was yeah. like, what's wrong with your generation? And they were like, some people were like, nothing's wrong. What do you mean? They're like, uh, you're entitled and you're lazy. And they're like, I don't think we are at all. He's like, oh, okay. And then we like, move on. And I would just, it would piss me off. Mm-hmm. It was like this ignorant, like, close-minded shit, like shit that just boiled my you said grinding my gears. You got to come up with another one. <laughs> boiled my balls, man. Yeah, it boiled your balls. Damn right, it boiled your balls. <laughs> and I would say, like sometimes that that identifying thing too. I mean, like uh, like like art majors are like don't know how to work hard, or like um, or, or or like uh, extroverts don't know how to. No, I I think when I think about the three hardest working people I know right now, they are all art majors. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yep. And, and, but, the, but that's the thing is there's like a conception there and maybe it's, maybe it's something I should just get over, but I would say that that, that kind of aligns with it. It's like, I wonder why in, introversion, which probably for a long time had got the shit under the stick, mm-hmm. um, which is up here, at least here is like a lot cooler yeah. um, and a lot more, um, like I think of like the cool uh, characters that people like really connect with, like all of them are introverts. Yeah, right now it's it makes for a better book. Makes for a better book. Yeah, That's but it, but at John the same Snow. time, at the end of the day, like I uh, use it, Chris. End of the day. At the end of the day, like um, it it doesn't matter. Like they're just titles. I think that those are just bumper sticker things. Even if you reacted and you got out there and you said, "Oh, this is what I think," it's just another like it's just like it's just trolls. I never it's thought just, about that. Like me actually getting annoyed about that actually puts the title on me in some ways like I, I wish that I would like to try to shed those titles I think you do a good job I think you um you got rid of Facebook you don't have that anymore and you're like yeah this doesn't give me any value that was a choice that was just a positive choice I yeah just, it was, I'm so I'm hearing everybody be very sad as they scrolled through news feeds mm-hmm. like this election season I was like I am so grateful yeah that I am not honest. I don't need it <sighs> yeah and I think like that is something I see healthy people doing right now is saying like What's feeding me and what re- am I required? Like, there's some things where I'm like, um, there's some elements that I'm like, well, this isn't feeding me, but I think it's a, a space and a, and a medium where I need, my voice is, is necessary at this time. Um, but mm. at the same time, if you're like, nah, fuck this. It's not, it's no one's gaining. We just need to abandon this concept. Let the ship sink. Like, great. Mm-hmm. Let it fucking sink. Yeah. I want to I wanna disengage from, from, negative titles and the way that like especially when they're false sure like as if as if introverts don't like friends or extroverts don't like alone time or uh introverts can't be good at parties or extroverts like can't uh do art or or whatever like these stupid negative experiences like i think we're all whether it's sexuality or your introversion or extroversion or most things we are certainly on a spectrum Mm -hmm. of of um and there are extremes and there are idiot liberals and there are idiot conservatives and there are idiots in the middle, but we are somewhere on that. Most people are somewhere on that spectrum. And, um, this podcast for me has always been like such a funny, uh, 
I would say that's why I liked. To, I wanted to bring it up on the podcast because mm-hmm. um, my favorite podcasts I listened to by Pete Holmes, outside of like the really impactful sure. spiritually ones, um, was the one with um, uh, Thomas Middleditch. Hmm. I haven't listened to that one um, because the two of them had like this weird conflict, like a while ago, and they like stopped being friends, yeah. and then they like brought yes, up the I podcast. totally listened to that one. Okay, and yeah, I, and they resolved the issue in the podcast. And, I think it's really beautiful. and and they also like. In a different way, they had weren't hanging out at the time, mm-hmm. um, and they were like, "And it's okay that we don't yeah. hang out." He was talking about like you know like oh you were like doing these things and then you were rude to this person. It made me uncomfortable. Like yeah, yeah. And I think like that's so real. Like you and I, I don't know many people who I've had who I've like conflict resolved as much with mm. who I'm not married with too. <laughs> I was like, it's probably a first place. It's probably a first place. <laughs> There's a hundred percent first place. Uh, but like yeah. yeah, I think that you and I have conflict resolved constantly that's a huge part of our friendship and i don't think that there are examples mm-hmm. out that in the real world showing how people just say hey this happened this sucked oh tell me more about that mm-hmm. i'm receptive to your pain because it matters to me mm-hmm. you know but at least we are yeah and i i, I think the more that i i liked hearing specifically it's great that's on the podcast but i liked hearing specifically from me what your experience is in asking people. Sure. Because that was what felt confusing to me was like, how hard it would be to be like, hey, would you ever want to do this? Mm-hmm. And to know that it is harder because I don't I don't sit here and I don't record it and I don't hear the conversations and then figure out what those would be like with my friends or my co-bandmates yeah. slash co-workers. And, that's, <laughs> I, and that's, that's true. And at the same time, I also don't think what I ever said was, at the same time, I didn't think of it, you know? Like, I, I, I put it on my list. I had Aaron there, but at the same time, like, that's, like, an... I can say, like, oh, that's an easy one because I can just, like, make that one happen at the last minute. Like, this was a little bit more at the last minute. I don't have to, like, plan it and think it out. And that is, like, you know, I think that we do that with our friends. We we just assume, like, oh, this will just work out. I can put less attention to the people I care more about. And I, I, I think that that's a shitty thing I do to my friends. I think I do that to you. That's a shitty thing that all humans do, though. Yeah. That's why we forget our spouses or we forget our kids in these things when sure. we put our priorities in the places that we think need the attention. Because, like, ah, that's safe. It doesn't need my attention. And right. it's like, well, it's not going to be safe for long, and then you're really fucked. Yeah. I've yeah. had to deal with that with my parents at mm-hmm. times, just, like, because I would stop because they're safe. Right. And, but they need conversations, and I I, uh, I think it's not something that just you do. I just think that's a human sure. behavior in a big way. Well, I love you a lot. Love you too, man. Cool. Well, thanks for doing the podcast. Sweet. Do you want to do it again next week? (laughs) I'm not actually inviting you. That's weird. I don't want to talk to you again next week. Let's have a month off of friendship. That's what I really want to end this with. (laughs) The problem is I'll be seeing you on Monday. Yeah, we got a show. For 40 hours. You want to promote our show to Uh, the future ghosts? Oh, for the the, the third? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, uh, for... The people who are in the Seattle region. Who made it into an hour and 23 minutes into the podcast. Hey, is this the longest one? It's the longest one. Easily. Yes! Yeah. You just wouldn't fucking shut up. <laughs> I didn't really want to. I was like, I was like I'm was like, i not done. I'm not done. We do this. Yeah. We do this all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's on the 3rd. So January 3rd, we're playing at Sunset. Yeah. And it's going to be really great. Yeah. Um, because the Sunset is like the coolest. Yeah. Great job, Aaron. Good promo. <laughs> Did you like my contribution? Did it make you feel better about the work that you've done? <laughs> I was thinking about... I know that G- Gabe's band is a plural. It's cargo. It's not... It... Oh, no, it just has two A's? It has two A's. Okay. A-A-R-G-O, and then somebody's opening for us. 
and I will mention at the beginning of the podcast. I was thinking about it. I was like, what is the name of Gabe's band? Is it Houses? <laughs> but it's not. No, I was like, no. He that's works another, in real estate, That's though. another band I think about, though. Nice. Um, yeah, but Gabe's going to be there, and he's a really great, he's a better uh, musician than, than uh, most, and he's going to be playing the same yeah. show. So that'll be really good. Cool. Come out if you're at college. Love you, man. Cheers. See you on Monday at work.